0: Welcome to Eat, Move, Live 52.
1: (laughs) Hello, everyone. It is so good to be talking to you today. Roland and I, as usual, are sitting on the floor in our living room. And today we have a special guest, Bethany Droman. I met Bethany a few months ago um, as a part of our Nutritious Movement Restorative Exercise Program, and I was immediately just captivated by an incredible project she's working on, so I wanted to get on the podcast as soon as possible. Bethany is a movement and manual therapist. She's based in Eugene, Oregon, and she is the creator of some incredible postpartum movement resources. She's also a dancer and a choreographer, an anatomy geek and an explorer of the many ways that you can fit movement into your daily life. So, Bethany, it's so good to have you here. Welcome.
2: Thank you. I'm really excited to be on with you guys. So thank you for having me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. We've been looking forward to this. Yeah, we've been really looking forward to it. There's um, some just general questions that I think would be incredibly interesting to discuss, But also, I really would like you to talk a little bit more about the beautiful creative project that you have to help moms just be healthier after birth. So just a little bit of background. We we met you and I through restorative exercise. And I don't know all that much about your background before that. So what led you to work with pre and postnatal health?
2: Yeah, so... um... So I started out actually in college as a Pilates teacher, so like 16 years ago uh, or so. And when I started teaching um, movement to people, I had been a dancer for a long time. And I had also been raised sort of homeschooled, unschooled. Um, so I was, I've always been a very self-directed person, very self-taught and um, just very motivated to learn things. And so when I started teaching... I took on all kinds of clients, um basically, everyone and anyone I didn't. I was in a studio where there were a lot of elderly people, a lot of injured people um, and so naturally, I took on elderly injured pre and postnatal, and I just kept researching everything I could on the topic and as I was growing up, I had always been interested in uh birth in home my mom had a couple of home births. Uh, that I was around and um, I was just always really interested in body function including pregnancy and birth Um, and I always loved babies and so um, it was the natural progression that you know when I got clients that had pre and postnatal needs that I was really interested in how I could help them function more easily
1: Mm, what a great path, right? Something that you are naturally interested in and then professionally got to blend that interest and yeah. really, really grow. That is so yeah. great. That is so great. Do you find that uh, the common path that we have through restorative exercise, nutritious movement is something that has brought another piece to that path? Or do you feel like it's just kind of confirming what you're already doing?
2: It's, it's done both things, actually. Um, so I, I've taught a lot of anatomy and a lot of the ways that I've seen the body and worked with people has been, you know, through my experience and just through uh, kind of looking at the whole way that we live, not just, you know, what we're doing in an hour of movement or uh, being in, I'm I'm not, I've never been very interested in like, you know, just getting a workout for people. Um, And so it confirmed a lot of my ideas, especially some of the things that, I had sensed like, you know, I had always been a barefoot person and it was really nice to have resources to confirm why I didn't like wearing shoes ever. And um, and just sort of expanding on the pieces of integration and looking at all of the ways of our lives and what is happening as a culture and, you know, as an individual and how we can learn from all of our daily habits and experiences and help people, um, integrate those things. It had always been, I remember like early on when I was teaching Pilates, just thinking like, wow, this is really strange that, you know, people are paying me to come and help them learn things about their bodies. And in some ways that feels kind of strange, like, shouldn't they just go outside and and take a hike or climb a tree? And... (laughs) You know, I really I got it on on one level that it's this, you know, sort of special time to understand your body. But when I started learning about the restorative exercise thing and Katie Bowman, I it it helped me to confirm that those ideas weren't strained, that there was a lot of basis to them. Um, And of course, gave me a lot of resources to give to my clients and students, which was tremendously helpful.
1: That's amazing. That's so great. And I know now that you are a mom yourself and you're expecting your second?
2: I'm expecting my second, yeah, in February.
1: Yeah. And how old is your first one?
2: My first one just turned two.
1: Okay. And I, I got to meet her shortly on Skype. Yeah. Just adorable. So how have,
0: how have your ideas and, you know, about, well, how have things change for you and how have, like your ideas change about like what you would teach or what you would recommend versus like compared to before you had a, a child versus yeah yeah
2: your mm-hmm. second.
0: and like what have you learned since your second you know i mean from your first to your second as well
2: yeah i'm actually i'm excited to learn <laughs> what happens once the second is here um i'm honestly i know it's going to be a big challenge um but yeah things i mean it's really amazing how things change when you have a child It's more challenging than I ever expected. And I didn't expect it to be easy. Um, and it's also more beautiful, which is a really great combination. Um, and you know, some of the things specifically just in terms of working with people with movement, I feel like I take a much softer approach now because I've experienced how challenging it is to fit anything in sometimes. Um, and that was, that was part of my approach before, but I would say that just my patience has grown a lot um, in my whole life and with my approach with pre- and postnatal clients that, um, you know, your patience is just so challenged when you have a child and when you have that demand on your life. And um, there's a lot of letting go of control that needs to happen, and that is very challenging, of course. So I feel like I've relaxed a lot more since my daughter was born. And um, just the approach I take with, with my clients now is that I think that, you know, before we have children, it's really easy to fit a lot of things in and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And, um, and I try to help people actually fit less in now. So I try to be even more mindful about, you know, okay, if I'm going to give them these five exercises to do, like, is that really too much for them? Do I need to start with one or two? And, I can always see what's ideal, but kind of backing off from what's ideal to what's realistic has become um, ever more important with parenting and with working with people that have kids or are expecting children.
0: Do you mean specifically because of the amount of time that they'll have, like when you send them home to do these exercises? Yeah,
2: Yeah, the amount of time and the amount of energy and just, um, I guess that's the piece where it becomes really important to help them find ways to integrate things to not have to separate themselves from their lives to do a self-care practice, but to find ways to make that a part of their life so that um, because of the time challenges, um, and just, yeah, and just the mentality of like how consumed you are, that adding too many extra pieces to the puzzle too quickly, as I'm sure you guys know, working with people can overwhelm people and set them off course rather than um, entice them to continue.
1: Right, and and I remember myself. I mean, I started doing pre and postnatal, and specializing in you know doing editing for f- pregnancy magazines very early. I was like twenty four, twenty five years old, and I was like this really bookish, well read trainer. And I look back, and I was like, wow, like I really saw these moms just as a body, but not mm-hmm. as a human. And and I don't mean it in a judgmental way, but I had no concept of what their life was like. And it seemed like they did so much overriding of what their life was like so that they could come and be the perfect client mm-hmm. for the hour that I had them.
2: Yeah.
1: And incredibly unrealistic. And I'm wondering how much, you know, our work actually added to the stress that they were feeling. And no wonder they couldn't stick to their diets and had a lot of emotional eating happening. And there was just this incredible pressure to perform. And I yeah. feel like because no one in my training, I mean as a, as a physical trainer, I was taught about the body. I wasn't taught about the human. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like I was a part in my 20s of perpetuating that culture. And I, I won't forget I had to do a photo shoot for a pregnancy magazine and it was one of those like use your baby to you know like <laughs> do like bench presses, you know. It's like
0: ball do... slams. Oh,
1: <laughs> so I I called my cousin and she had a ten month old at the time. And I was like, can I borrow your daughter? Like it was so long ago that her daughter's now like 11, right? Like that's how far along. Like her daughter's like, a, like almost a teenager now. And so she's like, sure. So like I show up at her house with my photographer and like in my, I was wearing like these tight, like super tight fitting clothes and like I'm boring like this 10 month old baby. And so I'm doing these baby exercises. Like I'm squatting with her and I'm doing side lunges and I'm doing crunches and pressing her over my head. And I'm just sweating, like I'm dying, like I'm shaking. And like her daughter luckily was in a really good mood, only to realize later that like her baby is in some sort of just crazy percentile where she's like the weight of like a two-year-old at 10 months, right? So I'm like, why am I dying? Like this doesn't feel right. And it was just incredible to see like, Oh my God, I want this out of a woman. And at the time, I'm like deadlifting like 200 pounds, you know, and like I'm squatting like 150. And I'm asking, and I'm dying with a 10 month old. And like, <laughs> that's like the first time that it hit me. I was like, this is not realistic. Like, and there's beautiful photo shoot. Like, you open the magazine, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this pretty mom. And she's pushing this little baby. And I should <laughs> be able to do that. And at the same time, I'm like, Somewhat of a weightlifting athlete at that time, and I can't do
2: it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Like, the, it was just, yeah, the clients I worked with, I wouldn't say it was totally unrealistic, but there's definitely, I think about some of the programs I created, and it's like, how do you fit this in energetically and with already, it's a, there's a lot of physical demands of having a child, and they can be leveraged, but it's not, it's not a small thing, you know?
1: Well and even thinking about like the actual physical labor of having a little one, and, and you know that better firsthand than I do, the actual carrying and lifting and bending and pushing and like cooking with one hand and holding baby with another, yeah. and Roland knows like he's raised two kids. it's a lot of physical work. it is. Yeah. So, so, like, why go to the gym and lift more stuff? Well,
0: it's not only physical work, but it takes so much. You're constantly... Like, your brain is constantly turned on and, like, alert. Yep. And it takes mm-hmm. so much of your energy that you don't you don't realize Yeah. to do these things. So, like, the more you pile on them, the more energy that takes. It's just, like, a big pile-on effect. And I think a lot of it... I don't know about from you, like, but, like, we sort of Galina and I kind of grew up in the fitnessy industry, the fitness side of the industry, where people are really passionate about hard exercise and sometimes micromanaging their diet, things like that. But when you get to, but now we deal with people who by and large don't want to, it's not that they don't want to exercise, but they don't have time. That's like not their highest priority. So they're Mm -hmm. coming to us to, how can we integrate movement, exercise, and better diet into our lives without micromanaging all of these things? because those things take energy and they would yeah. rather, they'd rather spend their energy on their kids or on their spouse or on their friends and family and the rest of their life. So integrating them simply.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, what's so powerful. I've really seen that as for me, it's been a benefit of, of having a baby. Like I, I feel like that's one thing that's changed a lot for me is that um, since my daughter was born, all of these, you know, I had given people, movement programs but also had always been really a proponent of integrate you know movements into your day and try to stand while you're working and move around and take breaks and you know do all these things um and I feel like I didn't entirely comprehend how important that was until I had her Mm. that I did it I did it sort of but you know I was always at a Pilates studio or doing manual therapy or teaching and so I could always move and always had time that I would fit in my my stretching or a (laughs) yoga class or this or that and once she was born it just became less and less realistic to do enough of that and so I really was like oh this is what I was always telling people to to really make all of this a part of your life you know pay attention to what you're doing pay attention to your body basically you know live in your body um and so I feel like that it's like I'm I'm uh Walking the talk more now mm. than I ever have, which has been my body feels incredible now, like so much better than it ever did before I had a kid, which I don't. I feel lucky to be able to say that, you know.
1: I I uh, think there's a small percentage of of females that I hear ever saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm
1: curious. There's, I mean, you and I, we belong to a subculture of health where you know we've embraced natural movement and kind of the barefoot minimalist footwear path and the move throughout your whole day path. But there are within the culture of health and fitness other subcultures. And it seems like there's this predominant culture of viewing pre and post-natal health where it's either like, well, here, your life's done. Like, you're just going to fall apart now and you've lost your body forever. Or you have to do these... Draco- you have to make these draconian efforts to look perfect. It's like the mom with the four kids and the abs going. Oh, what's your excuse to not work out? Like <laughs> that kind of thing, which which may used to make me rage violently, and now I'm just like, oh, that's sad.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: So, so how do you feel about that? Like the culture that we've created around postnatal health?
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like it doesn't give people a lot of realistic options or a lot of support. Um, and exactly, exactly like you're saying, there's these sort of two sides of it that are basically like two poles that you can either, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm just pregnant. I'm just going to hurt. I'm, I just have kids. Now my body is is just falling apart. I have back pain. It's just part of having kids. Um, and on the other end, we really do champion these stories of celebrities that they get their baby, bo- their pre-baby body back in, you know, four weeks or whatever. Um, there's <laughs> plenty of those stories, which is as we know, you know, celebrities have all the help and all the trainers and all the things. Um, but even so, when you have all the help, I'm not sure that that's a realistic or healthy expectation. Um, I've seen endless resources. When I started looking um, after I had my daughter, I started really looking, well, really what's out there, especially for, you know, postpartum resources. There's a lot of lovely prenatal things, and um, but I feel like the postnatal items are... They're really aimed at this fitness model and this like get your pre-baby body back. And um, they have all these you know fitness models that that are holding babies that probably aren't theirs, and are <laughs> predominantly white women with flat abs that are uh, giving you this thing that it's like this constant you know guilt spiral. Then like oh I don't I'm not enough like myself before I had a baby and oh I'm just supposed to fall apart. So I feel like people kind of bounce back and forth between those two and it's really harmful because it's so unsupportive in a time when we need the most support in our lives to Mm. to, to stay healthy to you know our lives are incredibly demanded upon when we have a child um so i feel like that part that part made me really sad when i started looking into it and just feeling this experience of having a child and how taken over your life and body is and um just finding sort of like yeah predominantly extremely unrealistic uh information and also this missed opportunity to embrace what your body and what your life is going through which is a really beautiful thing is an incredible experience and is an amazing thing that your body can do and that you can you know you can sustain life and then you can um give so much energy to raising this person to for them becoming a person and learning um so i I just saw that as, like, a big missed opportunity for people to gain that support and recognition.
1: Absolutely. And it almost feels like, as with anything in life, if you don't know, you just don't know. Like, if you don't have the information that eating three meals a day at a fast food restaurant is not your only option, there are other ways that are outside the culture of what you see around you. You just don't know. And I, I feel like bringing forward that knowledge of maybe there is another way is going to just broaden our awareness. And then you say, oh, yeah, there is this way of looking at it. But look at all these other ways. And it's almost like we've been so overly exposed to these models that, well, that's how you do it. It's the same in weight loss. Oh, I need to lose weight. I'm going to start running. I'm starting like that, exactly. like a couch to 5k program because in your mind, weight loss equals running and you don't know how you learned it, but you just don't know what you don't know. And so more and more, I just feel so drawn to just bringing that information out there. And I'm so glad you're here that we can talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's giving,
2: giving people options.
1: Right. Absolutely. Roland, you want to fire the next question? Yes. Um,
0: What are some of the ideas around pregnancy and pain that have been that are more myths, disempowering people?
2: Yeah. So, so this is a big one because I feel like this is true about anything we work with with people's bodies is that, um, so we see pregnancy as the reason the body would be breaking down or having pain, and, I've always seen it more as an extra stress that it can bring out the body patterns that are dysfunctional, um, and so, I think that. I think that huge myth is a good one to kind of bring out into the open for people and break down um, because it's like, you know, you get into this this pregnant state and expect that, you know, your body's just going to have pain and challenge and it is not unchallenging. I think it takes extra care and it takes extra attention um, but just from working with myself and all the people I've worked with, it's it's an opportunity to address some of those patterns and to gain more function. And there's also a really wonderful thing about, you know, the way that the body's changing during pregnancy. Um, if you pay attention to it, there's actually a great opportunity to shift your perception of your body and how it feels because it's changing at such a rapid rate that I think you naturally feel more and notice more, um, or can (laughs) if you're given that option. Um, but, It's just that I've really seen it as pregnancy doesn't inherently need to be harmful to our bodies. And when you feel like you're kind of stuck in this pregnant body that's just going to break down, that's incredibly disempowering, um, which can have implications for, you know, the way your pregnancy goes, the way your birth goes, the way your whole postpartum time goes. So I think that's a really important question.
1: It's a super important question, and as somebody who specializes in working with pain, Just this morning, I had an interview with a new client and she was saying, you know, my main motivation is I I have this pain in my spine and I would like to have a baby and I just know that it's not going to go well Mm
2: -hmm. and I'm
1: going to have all this pain when I'm pregnant. And I was like, well, what makes you believe that? Because we don't know, right? We don't know. It may or may not. But even that, just we can set ourselves up through these expectations, but also even not knowing that pregnancy doesn't bring about pain that can set us up for it as well.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually, I mean, I went into pregnancy feeling empowered. My, I had like chronic thoracic back pain and my back pain went away when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that was also instructive, like, Oh, you know, I was maybe more open to that, but, um, yeah, just that there's a lot of potential. Mhm. Mhm.
1: So uh, when we look at pregnancy, there's sort of like this stage during which you're like, well, maybe I want to have a baby, right? Like Roland and I are in this like contemplation phase right Mm -hmm. now. And then there's the actual pregnancy and then there's postnatal. Is there, like what is the role of self-care in those three phases, like pre, during, and post?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So I would say like looking back on it, I think that like the, pre-pregnancy, I think it is really good to try and address your body patterns before becoming pregnant because it is an extra challenge to your body and your energy, you know, being that tired and growing a person and <laughs> giving so much energy to that. So, you know, the the self-care stuff that you and I are both doing and involved in and um, that kind of thing can be tremendously helpful, but also trying to find these ways to integrate little bits of self-care into your life um, are really important, I think, because that's going to be so crucial when your energy is tapped by pregnancy or by having a child. Okay. Um, and I think also just like, I it's been tremendously important to me that I've been involved in meditation. I've been involved in meditation since like 10 years ago. Um, and that sort of, you know, mindset training or just, you know, whatever practices like that help to sort of challenge how your patients can grow um, has been really important because there's so many parts of pregnancy and parenting that I feel like are a patient's project. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) There was this wonderful wonderful interview I saw by this meditation teacher. She's, uh, I think her name is Lama Sultrin Alioni. um, And she was doing a talk on meditation and parenting. And it was incredibly refreshing because she talked about how she tried to fit it in when she was nursing. And she's like, you know, a meditator, like that's what she does. And, and she was just like, yeah, there were times when I just didn't do it. There were years when it was really hard. And, and she acknowledged that This person who spends her life meditating acknowledged that parenting was the thing that challenged her patients the very most. Mm. And so I think it's important, like those patients' practices during even preparing to have a baby. Um, And then, you know, self care, once the baby is born, it's just kind of like you fit it in the best you can and you keep trying to invent ways to fit it in. And Mm. And I feel like it's just this this sort of rapid pace evolution process of your life is changing so much and the baby's needs are changing so much and they grow so fast. And um, and so like I've had fun with that, that aspect that the self-care, what it looks like after the baby is born at first for the first you know month or so, I was pretty frustrated. Um, and then I started viewing it as sort of like, OK, well, this week it worked for me to take 10 minutes a day. That's not working now what's going to work this week. Okay. Mm. This is going to work for me to like, I really have to get more time this week. I'm going crazy. I'm going to take an hour away from the baby. She's going to stay with Papa and I'm going to take a walk Mm. and that's my self-care this week. So I think it's like, it's a really good time not to be set in routines because you won't be. Um, and, and then, yeah, like maintaining those, those patients practices. But the other key piece of it, I think in terms of self-care is like the piece of Knowing that everything's gonna fall apart quite frequently, because <laughs> it's changing all the time, and and that's life, you know, that's like that's everyone's life all the time, really. Um, it just brings it into sharper focus when you have this this little person depending on you, and with that, when everything falls apart, to try and just let it fall apart and then move on and not feel guilty when it doesn't work out. Like there have been totally been weeks where it's like I've done zero self care. And, you know, start to be like, well, my body doesn't feel good. Okay, let's try something else. Um, but not getting caught in that cycle of like, oh, I didn't eat well. I didn't, right, right. I didn't, I'm guilty. Um, because it just takes so much of your energy and you just right. don't have it. Right. Um, and so it becomes yeah. even
1: more important to practice, like not doing the second arrow, right? Where... You know, you've already struggling with that wounding of the first one where it's like, well, I don't get self-care and then beating up yourself over it. It's like shooting
2: yeah. yourself all over again. Well, you know, yeah. And I, Yeah, go, go ahead, Roland. I
0: was going to say there's benefits to, like, one of the things is if you have started before your pregnancy or, and you've developed this self-care, like you, to where you now have a lifestyle where self-care is built in, then your mentality is so different from the time than it is than if you have your self care calendarized and like it's similar to people who are fitness fanatics or they're like, you know, gym rats. Like when they go on a vacation or something happens, they're like, Oh, they're so so stressed because they can't get in their gym time. But yeah but if they are mm-hmm. just having a lifestyle where they go to the gym when they can and they have the, then they're not like totally wedded to this particular schedule. It's okay to keep the schedule, but you need to be able to flow with things as they change. Because what so many people don't realize is that you have big changes all throughout your life, but a child magnifies this, yeah, right? Exactly. So when you have a child who's, who's not fully in your control because they're living and learning and growing themselves and you're still responsible things just go from from like you know one to ten in the space of a few minutes where and so much of it out of your control but mentally and emotionally you need to be there for the child so you you sort of take a back seat so a good lifestyle so having this self-care be just be ingrained in your lifestyle is a good way to to think about it yeah
2: Yeah, and I I think so much of it comes back to what Galena was saying about uh, giving people the information, like giving them the option. There was uh, last, I guess it was just this year, February, I posted a video on my Facebook page, and this will be on on the website, too. Um, It was a video of me doing just a little, small, short movement sequence that I was doing with a roller, and it was just some, like, stabilizing, some stretching, and I put it in fast motion – My daughter was around me. I was just, I was home. My husband was at work. And I put it in, it was like a seven minute routine that I did. And I put it in fast motion. It was down to a minute. And so I've got this like little toddler buzzing around me and I'm doing my stuff just super focused. It's hilarious. And what was incredible is that people's response, they were like, oh my gosh, that's so inspiring. I got, you know, I got new clients because they were like, I can't, I've never conceptualized that I could. I could do this with my child around and you know some people said doesn't that annoy you and i was like well yeah sometimes it does she's (laughs) literally climbing she jumps on me she drops a pillow on my head during this you know i have to keep parenting but it's it's been one of the key pieces of why i've made what i've made is that even opening up that thought to people has been revolutionary for them that one of the things i started doing when she was born for self-care was putting her on the floor and following along with her movements because of Mm -hmm. course babies are moving all the time and People, you know, immediately were like, oh, I've never thought of doing that. This is so great. I'm going to do that today. And I felt great after I did it. So I think it's another way of just, yeah, bringing people the information.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing. Like you can see in the Feldenkrais community, you know, there's so many videos of following along with babies' movements. And there's the whole toddlerology where, you know, there's toddlers teaching dance classes. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow falling apart, like some comedy show recently. And I find that there's more and more of that where we're less about separation and more about integration, and I love that in your approach.
2: Thank you.
0: So how do you see self, your own self-care or like a mom's self-care? Um, how does it help with parenting and raising of healthy kids?
2: Well, I think that's... It's a, it's a big thing for me. Um, I found that... Like, like I just said, carving out that time, like even when my toddler's jumping on me, it has given me more patience. And sometimes when we're in a stuck spot, if we're having a hard day, if I can go and do just a little bit for myself, I will be so much more capable of dealing with, you know, a toddler tantrum or, uh, you know, a <laughs> a struggle over getting dressed or anything um, mm. that I need to deal with. And I know there are days when it feels like it's impossible, but... Sometimes it's just like, nope, we just have to go outside for a walk. And so mm. I think it's really important to, you know, let people know they need to value themselves because we also have sometimes this feeling of, of like we have to give our all to our kids and we want to give our all to our kids, but we can't do that. We can't give them what they need unless we give to ourselves.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it just sets such a great model of for them to be able to, to grow that for themselves one day, both for their self-care as you know young adults but also as as parents and oftentimes when I when I teach and especially teaching retreats um, and I, I mostly work with females who are struggling with their self-care I'll often ask them who are the role models for you you know mm-hmm. growing up you know mom or grandma or an aunt you know and and what did you think about that and most of them would say they didn't have any healthy role models that did good yeah. self-care and You know, most of us, especially in Eastern Europe, we were raised by these moms that worked and were housewives at the same time and they sewed and they, Mm -hmm. you know, they made cake every weekend and they, you know, it, it, it was this unrealistic self, like self neglect, not in the bad way, but in a way that mom's needs, I never saw my mom taking care of her own needs. It was always, what do we need? What does the house need? What does work need? And I never had a healthy role model. So whenever I would do self care, I would feel incredibly guilty. Like, yeah, like that's just not right. It's not right. It's not loving. It's selfish. So what an incredible thing to not separate, where it's like, okay, mama's going to get in her gym clothes, bye-bye, you know, and, (laughs) you know, we get to do this thing together, and um, our teacher, Katie Bowman, talks about stacking your life, like, I really like that idea of integrating, really not having to choose sleep over movement, or family time over movement, but let's, let's find a way in modern life to all move together.
2: Yeah, exactly, and I think my, you know, my mom was the same way, that she really she homeschooled four kids and sewed for us and cooked for us and took us to activities. And, um, you know, she gave us an incredible life and, um, but it wasn't, you know, her generation, especially, they weren't supposed to care for themselves. And what I've noticed with my daughter is that I have to, you know, I I do have to give her boundaries sometimes, like I'll be doing something and she'll say, Oh, read a book. And, you know, if I'm doing a stretch or something, my first inclination is to stop and read to her. And sometimes I'll try to read while I'm stretching or I'll say, no, I can't do that. You have to wait a minute Mm. while I'm doing this. And, Mm. and it's just incredibly powerful. And it's actually really lovely how much, how much she wants to be involved with movement. She last year started coming with me to the dance studio. You know, I was always moving around the house and stretching and I made a piece last year. um, And she, I didn't have childcare. So she just came with me to the dance studio and you know of course that was fine she just watched the dancers and I worked with them and she danced and it was it I really realized how much she loves to move last night she was at I performed last night and I she was coming to the dress rehearsal with her dad and they were gonna sit and watch and she could not sit and watch because she wanted to be on stage dancing (laughs) and so it was just this great moment of like oh yeah dance for her is not a spectator sport you know (laughs) she wants to be in it she wants to move so I called. I was sad she didn't get to watch me dance, but I was like, that's fine. She wants to dance herself. She's going to go do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so
2: awesome. So just kind of
1: as we round up our conversation today, can you tell us a bit more about the beautiful project that you started? You created these incredible, very artistic cards that are both a piece of art, but also an instruction of uh, including all throughout the day self-care movement. And can you tell us more about them?
2: Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned a little bit, when I had my baby, I just felt like there was this sort of mental fog and lack of information. And even though I had a lot of information, um, I had a huge tear when I gave birth. And so there was, you know, quite a bit of recovery from that. And, And part of it was just I didn't feel like I had the mental resources to even with my incredible knowledge base to say oh i need to do this this and this for myself today um and then it was just kind of confusing and that lack of support was inherent in all of the things i saw um and so i started for myself making little movement games and and really you know okay oh today every time i go to the bathroom i'm going to do one stretch or okay today every time i sit down and nurse i'm going to do a next stretch Um, And that changed a lot, you know, day to day. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And through that experience, I started this idea of making um, an online, like an online postpartum course or a set of videos or something. And a bunch of stuff has evolved out of that. I have a bunch of resources that eventually I hope will come together into one thing. Um, But I had sort of a weird year this year. I moved a couple of times and had... Um, my old dog just died, so there was a lot of care for her at the end. She was 16 and a half, um, and and then we we got pregnant with our second child, and and so I kind of had to do the same thing, which I've been doing since parenting of like pare it down. What's the one thing to work on this year? And the cards just struck me as sort of like the most simple and beautiful element that I really was excited to work on, um, because it just felt like this this sort of embodiment of the movement games i had developed for myself after i had her and and also just yeah it's just it's really beautiful and it's simple and it i feel like it evolved partially to address that need for finding something to do for moms without it being overwhelming or adding to their mental stress or mental fog. It's like if you look at a beautiful card that gives you an idea from just a picture, you can do something from just the picture, or you can read on the back and mm. gain more information and go a little deeper.
0: I really like them because you could. I can totally envision a mom being able to take these cards and like you know not that you would want to separate the pack but you could like like there's one of nursing the baby you could you know stick it near where where you nurse or near the changing area or here's one where you could put near the the play where the child's playing and like you just sort of like remind them even like put them on a bulletin board or spread them out or just keep them handy and whenever you're in that area you can just go oh that's a nice pretty reminder they're pretty and they're beautiful enough to where they could you could really even put them in a nice frame and just stick them up on the wall in the area and they become part of the room decoration as much and art as much as they are helpful
2: yeah the artist did an incredible job and they'll be i'll give you guys links to her work too um but yeah i really like that too and i like that they can be multi-purpose like that i feel like there are so many online resources that can be helpful but it's really nice at times to have a tangible thing and You could put the whole pack together and kind of do them as, like, a movement series or, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, separate them out to put in appropriate useful places.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they remind me really, like, a way that I love to use um, cards. I have this uh, card memo game with movements where there's two of each, and it's like a memo game where you try to flip them over and remember which one is which. And then when you pair two of them, you have to do the movement. Oh, that's cool. And it's just really fun. Uh, One of my friends who's a a yoga teacher created those for kids. And because it's such a tangible and gorgeous resource, you're just drawn to it because there's a pleasure in interacting with it. And I feel like as much as we're all people of the 21st century and we love our electronics, um, I have an online course for moms Oftentimes, we have to talk about how they have to open their iPad or their computer, they have to click, they have to watch a video, then the kid wants to take the iPad or the, the, you know, and it just becomes this extra step you have to take. And here, this is so incredibly close. It's almost just like a a moment reminder. And here you are inhabiting a different space and relating to yourself differently than you would with an online resource. So yeah. just congratulations for Thank br- bringing a beautiful idea into fruition. I'm sure that you have many other ideas that you've brought into fruition that I can't wait to see. But this just gives such um, such a joyful, just a joyful, pleasurable experience, even just interacting with them and reading the instructions. And yeah. I, I love that the instructions have advanced variations. They have opportunities of where to practice.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best part I mean, it's just me. it's incredibly like you can say, well oh, done. Oh, look, while kids are napping, I can do this. Or here's like one while I'm sitting here doing something. Oh, there's something I can do while I'm sitting there doing something. Yeah. Well, say, you know, that's going to be- bring me a benefit later. That's awesome. And yeah. okay. I like how there's you know, like more, more, I wouldn't say passive, but things you can do where you're sitting there relaxing and, yeah. versa, and also, like, full on exercises as well. So, they can, you can get everything going.
1: I can really see the dads stealing those, you know? Yeah. Kind of like, sneaking a little bit of their own movement time <laughs> as 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 they're around baby as well. You can well. certainly have a dad's version. Like the yeah, child, The guy's
0: sitting there with a the remote control in his hand. You could be doing a nice neck stretch. Well. <laughs>
2: totally. Yeah, that'll be like one of the next incarnations, the expansion pack, the dad's expansion pack. The
0: child is napping, or you know, you could be cleaning the bathroom. <laughs>
2: You might do all those things.
0: I think you a little more tongue-in-cheek, I think. But there's some bonus cards oh, yeah. <laughs> that the moms can spread
2: around the house. Just little, little hints just, the little, pre- just little hints. Yeah. Just little hints. So just little
0: hints. how many, how many cards are in, the, are in a deck?
2: So right now there's um, there's 25, and um, there's – you know, I have a lot of ideas for expanding it, so I, I imagine that that will happen, and I've got, you know, an idea for a prenatal set and um, – and I'm excited about this format because I feel like I could make it for a lot of different types of people, you know, eventually, <laughs> if that will yeah, happens. Yeah, and, and you know, as
1: somebody who created, I created a series of of cooking cards like that, and we did each pack on a different theme. So we have, like, a vegan pack, and we have, um, you know, village. Holiday we pack. have a holiday pack, we have one that's, like, village recipes from our grandmothers, and so... Once you have this gorgeous format, you know, the sky is the limit of, of how, and it's gonna grow organically as well, as people say, hey, why don't you do this? <laughs> um, and as your kids grow as well, right? But what a great um, shower gift. Yes, oh, yes. Incredible, exactly. incredible. Gift, of course. So can yep. you tell us a little bit more, these are coming out in the beginning of December, um, and this is kind of when this podcast is airing as well, so what a great timing. But can you tell us a little bit more about where people can find you on the internet, social media and website and how they can get the cards?
2: Yeah. So I have the website for the cards is mamamovescards.com. And um, I also have a a Facebook page for that. And for myself, I have a a Facebook page, Divine Proportion Pilates. Um, But you can find me very easily at mamamovescards.com. And that's where you can also find the cards.
1: Great, and we're going to be adding all of these in the show notes. So if you're listening to this through iTunes or whatever your podcast provider is, then you can come to our website at eatmovelive 52com and go to podcast. And you're going to see usually the latest podcast is right up there. And depending on when you're listening to it, you might have to scroll down a little bit. Um,
0: you're so cute. To, Sorry, how technical you
1: are. I am <laughs> to to get to to get to where the show notes are because you know people get lost on the internet. There's so much distraction. There's
2: yeah, so much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's part of the part of the reason for the cards. I wanted to get us a little bit a little bit away from technology sometimes. I oh, have found that really important.
0: Well, there's so much value to tangible and like who knows what it's gonna be like in a thousand years when we've, you know, become energy beings and things like that. But and then the machines have taken over. But <laughs> until between now and then, like we're still such a tangible people where we just you know, and it's just not doesn't feel the same and people don't learn at the same rates and have the same retention rates with some with electronics as much and we can we don't know whether it's because of distraction or because of it's the familiarity of of paper in print but there's definitely uh, I don't want to analyze it I just want to know that there's value to holding something especially when it's very beautiful like this yeah
2: Yeah. and I think it's it's a good example for our kids too like we were talking about um, examples for our kids I think that yeah, that's been one of the challenges for me is, um, I didn't want her to be in front of screens really at all, um, at first. And now she, you know, she watches some exercise movement stuff with me, but, uh, I think it's really good to show our kids. Yeah. That, that aspect of like being in our bodies and tangible and not always just screen directed.
1: It's incredible. And you know, if the electricity ever goes out, you have a game.
2: <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. May, who knows? Maybe there's going to be, maybe we see uh, toddler cards like these in your Toddler
2: cards. Yeah. Yeah. Toddler games. Exactly. You might want to laminate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually thought about that. I was like, actually, I, these cards might need to be laminated sometime. A laminated set so that, you know, your baby, baby's chewing on them. <laughs> baby, baby proof.
1: Thank yep. you so much for being our guest. It's just been an utmost pleasure. And, you know, hopefully as a future mom, I, I just cannot be happier to know that somebody's paving the way for like a self loving, self kind way to to be well in your body after a baby because there's so much to be enjoyed in that in that yeah. other phase of life. In that next yeah, phase there, of life. There is
2: Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this because I really care a lot about all of these things.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. Thank it's you. It's been wonderful
0: having you
2: thank
0: you so much look forward to getting in touch with you again soon if you enjoyed this episode please share it with someone you love then go to Stitcher iTunes Google Play and give us a rating and review really helps other people find our show while you're there click subscribe so you can get this podcast delivered to you automatically every time